Welcome one and all to episode 150 of the original Draft Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Cox. With me tonight, my co-host, Justin Higdon. And Justin, free agency, trades, those have all kind of settled down a little bit. So we can really dive back into the 2022 NFL Draft as we are just over four weeks away uh, recording this free episode on a Sunday night, uh, getting ready to head into what it can only be called the home stretch of, of the draft season. But before we get going, how are you doing, man? Doing well. Uh, been a busy weekend, but um, yeah, we're going to be recording, I think, on Sundays for the remainder of this draft season as we head into uh, April this week, later this week. We should have a guest next week, hopefully. Fingers crossed. That would be fun. And um, But, we, you know, last week we talked about our quarterback rankings. So this week, naturally, we're going to do our running back rankings. And then we'll have to plan out how we're going to get the rest of our top fives out there before the draft. So, you know, last week, if you didn't listen to the show yet, it came out late last week. So check it out. It was episode 149. We did our top five quarterbacks. I don't think there's a lot of surprises there, but I think you might be interested to know what what we actually think the outlook, the pro outlook is for the top five quarterbacks. We're probably not as high on those guys as some of the other analysts you, you might listen to. Um, and as always, I'll get the plug out early, Seth. If you subscribe for just two bucks a month, you get a bonus episode every week. And this week, our bonus episode is going to be a half mock draft and the other half is going to be on the generational tier of Patreon, which is $4 a month. So we'll get the full mock to the generational Patreon patrons and the half mock to the elite patrons this week. And that'll be coming out later in the week. So um, let's get going. I don't. We didn't share our top five running backs with each other, so I will kick it back to you. Who was your number one running back in the class? Uh We'll start, yeah, we can go number one this week. And I think number one is probably going to be consensus here. Uh, but I've got Brees Hall, um, you know, from a from a metrics plus production standpoint, uh, he really ended up just being the clear-cut best, you know, running back in this class. Um, my number two is not as far off as some would expect. But uh, I, I thought Brees deserves that kind of number one slot based on just his production at Iowa State, what he was able to do with a, with a team that was so handcuffed um, offensively because of you know their quarterback and things of that nature. That you saw a guy in Hall that's really, I mean, Hall's going to get drafted in the top. 60 and then charlie kohler is probably gonna get drafted in the top 120 and then after that we may not see another iowa state offensive prospect uh get drafted so we we might not see another iowa state player get drafted right Um, and so they have a couple defensive players that should go day three but uh yeah it's Brees hall really carried that team in a lot of ways so yeah so i gotta give it to Brees. i thought he was just you know I think what he's done production-wise and then his athletic testing just kind of sealed the deal for me. Yeah, um, I, we started the year, Brees Hall wasn't my number one running back because I, I really thought he was kind of just a one-cut, 
like slasher type. And I had him kind of pegged wrong. And the more I watched him, you saw a lot of bounce, a lot of uh, some good lateral agility. Uh, he's a, he's a really good pass catching back. The speed was the icing on the cake because about mid season is when I switched over to him as my running back one in the class. He's got good size. He's not as big as uh, Jonathan Taylor. So it's interesting now we're starting to see Brees Hall getting into the back end of some mock drafts in the first round. And that would be kind of surprising to me as we were talking to our buddy Blake Murphy about this uh, earlier or back last week uh, when we we started seeing Hall in uh, going to Buffalo in the first round of some mocks. And I just would find that kind of kind of bizarre that that he would be in the first round when Jonathan Taylor when the NFL let Jonathan Taylor go to into the second round to pick 41 I think where the Colts traded up to get him um, I guess maybe you can write a wrong I don't really see Hall as a first round running back although I, I wouldn't mind him as a late first round running back uh, the the I, I tell people this on Twitter like I don't do style comps because I'm not a creative brained person i'm not I'm, I'm more of a left brain like numbers nerd and so i do more of a the metric comparisons and the numbers came up with a really close comparison to joseph adai and he went late in the first round and it was a productive player for some really good indianapolis colts teams so Brees hall if he can you know if he is a late first round pick then I actually think he's he could be a little bit better as a pro than than a Joseph Adai, who wasn't bad. He wasn't a bad player for several years with the Colts. Yeah, I think the thing with Adai was he had those. And it's so funny that you said that because that was going to be one of my comps for for Hall. Um, you know, the thing with Adai was he was he was just kind of a two year really stand out made the pro bowl his second season and then kind of started to fade a little bit and so if you get those two years from Brees and then you're able to continue them i think you've got a guy you know that that can put up you know six or seven years one of the things that got mentioned quite a bit about hall is he has never missed a game so he's a running back that's taken the punishment that's dealt with, you know, being the guy that carries the load and he's never missed a game. So, you know, I, th- I feel like he's a good, safe pick, so to speak. He has really, he's, he's very explosive and he's faster. He timed faster than I think anyone thought. I know people think those running back times were juiced, but if you think that, then some running backs are incredibly slow. And I, I, I think the times were more legit than, than people than other people believe, but it is kind of hard for me to believe that Brees Hall is faster than Jonathan Taylor. The thing is, Jonathan Taylor is a few pounds heavier, so the time speed in a 40 uh, on one time, it it's not really that crazy that Hall might have gotten a better, a slightly better time, but uh, I think he's a player he in a similar way to Taylor, and I think Taylor's a better guy. I, I mean, a better back. I had him ranked as a top five prospect in that whole class. But yeah, I was going to say you and I were extremely high on Taylor. Yeah. I mean, he was rushing for 2000 yards a year. He would have broken the NCAA career rushing record. If he'd have played four seasons like Ron Dane did what he did in three seasons was, was incredible averaging almost 2000. I think 
either almost 2,000 or over 2,000 yards a year. Hall isn't on that level, but he was really, really productive on a team that otherwise didn't have special talent on offense, as you mentioned. So I thought I thought as the season went on, I was kind of kicking myself for not noticing it earlier. And just I just hadn't watched closely enough, but Brees Hall's the easy number one for me. Who's your number two? I'm going to go with Kenneth Walker, a guy that you and I kind of touted throughout the season as the other guy in the potential Heisman race. Um, obviously, as Michigan State faltered at the end of the season, record-wise, he fell out. But, you know, I think Walker is a guy that projects to being a a very good running back in the NFL. A little smaller, came in at 5'9", 211. Um, but you know, the four, three, eight, 40 was, was nice. Um, and, and you know, he, when you look at, when you look at Walker, um, there are some names on here that, that I really did like, and that kind of makes sense from a, from a high end standpoint. Um, I think he's clearly a day two guy. I, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, and so, when you look at Walker, that's what, you know, kind of separates Hall is that people are mentioning, mentioning Hall as kind of that round one running back. I'm okay with that. I think he's earned that. I, I don't know if I would take him because like you said, I, you know, is he better than Najee Harris? That's debatable. I think he's probably better than Travis Etienne was coming out, but I don't think he's on the level of Jonathan Taylor. But the NFL made that mistake already, so like let them deal with it. But I th- I don't think Walker. I think Walker's closer to like Etienne in terms of where I would rank them in this draft, and I wouldn't take Walker in the first round. Um, so when you look at when you look at Walker. I feel like you get you're going to get a good back. You're going to get a patient runner with surprising burst and speed, um, and a guy that can, you know, he's shown that he can carry the load in the Big Ten. Yeah. So Walker, a couple of of points about him that I'll make before I give you my number two because I will come back to to Kenneth Walker. But the one thing you have to do with with him is you kind of have to project the pass receiving game value he did not get a lot of targets in college at wake forest or michigan state he's also he's not old by any means at all he he will uh turn 22 in october so he's only 21 years old but he's a little older uh than the top two guys on my board at running back and and uh he's also as you mentioned smaller so Brees Hall, who we already talked about, he does. He's not going to turn 21 until a month after the draft. He's really young, and uh, so is my my number two guy. And I, this is the player that started as my number one running back back in the in the off season last summer, and that was Isaiah Spiller. And I know that he did not test well, but I'm being stubborn on this one. I think he this is a watch the tape player for me. Because the metrics from a testing standpoint aren't great, but the more that I've followed those testing numbers, the more I've realized that with running backs, it's not as important as it might be at some other positions. Uh, and if I'm 
talking about a player who, who, you know, if I have Brees Hall as a second round pick, Isaiah Spiller would be my next guy as a third round pick. So I'm not investing a, a, a ton in him to say this, but he is my running back too. And uh, really good size. Spiller is six foot, 217 pounds. Uh, we do have evidence that he can be a, a pretty good pass catcher. He is not fast. Uh, DraftScout.com has his pro day number officially at 464. I know some people had him in the high four fives. I think Roster Watch on Twitter had him in the mid four fives. He did improve on his vertical to 33 inches at his pro day. I think it was 30 and a half at, at the combine. He had a respectable 427 short shuttle. Those numbers are all pretty average, right in the average range for a running back uh, based on previous combines, based on the last like 10 or so years of combines. So the production isn't special for, for Spiller because he split his backfield carries with uh, Devin A-Chain this year. But this is a player who... I think was close to a thousand yards as a freshman and then broke a thousand yards the other two years, five and a half yards per carry in the SEC. I still really believe in Isaiah Spiller, and I think he's going to be an NFL starting running back at some point. It might not be for a long time, but if you can get him on in the uh, middle to late area of day two, I think you've still got a really good player. I'm a fan, and he doesn't turn 21, in, I think, until August. A really young guy. Not a ton of wear and tear on him. And I think there's a lot of upside there. Who do you have as your number three guy? That's where I've got Kenneth Walker. And so, again, just a little bit separates Walker for, from Spiller for me. But I like Spiller's... I like that Spiller's a little bit bigger. I mean, he's only six pounds heavier if you go on the combine numbers but he's three inches taller um walker has the speed we saw walker show a lot of creativity with his cutbacks this year with michigan state he he was really a special he had a special season for them but he wasn't the only guy on that offense they had jalen reed they had jalen naylor that guys were putting up pretty big numbers at receiver on that team so you couldn't just stack your defense just against Kenneth Walker. And when he went in, what really sticks with me, and, and I'm not a, a one-game evaluator by any means, but what really sticks with me is Ohio State was able to erase Kenneth Walker from the game plan. A lot of that had to do with Michigan State turning the ball over a lot early, but Kenneth Walker was a complete non-factor in that game. We have to project his pass-catching ability. The thing is, if you go by those athletic comps, that I was talking about with Hall when, when I brought up Joseph Adai. With Spiller, you get comps like Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis. That's not not great, uh, but a player who had a couple of really good years, and but he was an undrafted free agent, right? But with Walker, the upside could be like a D'Angelo Williams. And so that would be a much better player. So I'm kind of, I feel like I'm going out on a limb a little bit by pushing Spiller at two at RB two instead of Walker. But this is where, this is one of those situations where I'm going with my eyes. And I know that, 
you know, it, it's, it feels a little bit inconsistent to do that, but that's what I do sometimes. I mean, sometimes there, there are guys that I just like better than other guys, even if the numbers tell me otherwise. So that's why Walker's three for me instead of two. And, and that's fair. I, I get that. It doesn't I, happen a lot, but it happens. I, I'm petrified by Spiller. So my number three actually is a guy that I weighed between he and my number four, flipped a coin, and it landed on Rashad White from ASU. Um, you know, White came in six feet, 214 pounds. All of these guys ended up being impressive athletically outside of Spiller. Um, I think we can agree on that. Um, White ran a four four eight forty, but he had some impressive jumps with his explosiveness. Yeah, White uh, White's the guy that scares me. If if Spiller's the guy that scares you, White's the guy I don't trust. And and so what I see with White is a guy that has the opportunity to be the kind of bulletproof in the sense of. I agree. He may not turn out to be an every down back, but he has incredible pass catching ability and and an ability in, in the pass catching game to be a guy that ends up having kind of that long career bouncing around as kind of like, uh, uh, you know, Montario Hardesty or Julius Jones type of guy that, that maybe everybody, you know, like the like I could see fantasy Twitter being like Rashad White set to break out every year and then it never happens, but he's in the league for, you know, eight or nine years as a third down back and a guy that that can help. Um Is he kind of like a poor man's Kenyon Drake? Or is yeah, he, he or is he even with Kenyon Drake? That's what's gonna be interesting because kinda of like Brees Hall where you saw a guy that was dominant without much help um Rashad White was very good without much help this year um obviously in years past they had uh they had Brandon Ayuk and you saw those two kind of be able to to make some things happen uh, but when you with the regression of Jalen Daniels this year um White was kind of on his own to make things happen. And, and he did a nice job of that despite not having a ton of help on offense. Yeah. I mean, he was a player who averaged like 10 yards a carry in 2020 on limited carries because he, he was their number two back or maybe number three back. I know they had now presently Ohio state linebacker chip tray was at ASU the last couple of years and two years ago, he was ahead of white on the, the running back depth chart. But, uh, and we know white has some good receiving numbers. So he's got those things working in his favor, but uh, it's just, he's not a guy. He, he did not make my top five. I just am not a big believer in him and his game. He does have a little bit of like, just gut feeling like visually David Johnson to him, but I don't think he's that good. And the other thing, you know, I, I was going to ask you, I meant to ask you this. Okay. So white has, he came from Juco and then he was not the number one back, although he put up some eye popping numbers his first year in, in uh, the PAC 12. 
and then he had one big kind of big year at, at ASU and then he's going into the draft. Is that a career arc that you can trust? You know, quite frankly, it's one of those things that I'm not sure if the usage would allow him to to take another full year in a transfer portal situation. I think it's one of the situations where, like you said, with with um, the transfer to Ohio State, it just came down to they needed to get out of the Arizona State mess that's going on right mm-hmm. now more than anything. And so... Right, there's going to be... NCA sanctions if they're having already, right? Right. And he's, you know, he's like you said, he's an old, he's on the older side. Um, his usage was through the roof this year. Um, you know, it, th- this is a projection in the sense of he's got to show that he can, he can be as dynamic when asked to carry the load. Um, but, you know, he's also shown that he can be a productive back, um, if not, you know, a flashy one. Yeah, he was actually in, in my top tier as far as running back production. But that's, again, that's something that I, I'm treading lightly with. I, I, I don't always just, I don't want to be beholden to the, the numbers because I like Hall and Spiller in that they were both three-year starters in Power Five conferences, and they're both still only going to be twenty-one-year-old rookies. Like that to me, like these guys were good. They hit the ground running as stars in big conferences. So I like that about them. Um, so that's why those two guys come in ahead, and why I'm a little bit, if not a lot, skeptical of Rashad White. So. Um, that's good, though. I'm glad we didn't talk about this before. I'll give you my number four running back, and it is another guy with the last name White, but it's Zamir White from Georgia. And I think Zamir White would be higher for me if not for the ACL injuries because I really think he, again, this is a player coming out of a tandem backfield situation, but I feel like that's going to, I, I mean, Injuries notwithstanding, I think that that's going to benefit him. And he's a tough runner. He's an explosive guy, despite those those uh, leg injuries that plagued him at times. But he has good size, six feet, two hundred fourteen pounds, four um, four speed. He's kind of upright a little bit, but he had that big broad jump. So you you, you still see lower body explosion despite the leg injuries. I think he reminds me from an athlete standpoint of DeMarco Murray. So if you can get a couple of DeMarco Murray seasons, he was a, he he was a star in the NFL at one point. It was short-lived, but he was a big-time player. If I think Zamir White does have that type of potential. Uh, again, a little bit of projection with the pass catching. He didn't do much of it, but I think what little I've seen, Georgia doesn't didn't throw it to him a lot. They used James Cook as their pass catching running back. But what little I've seen, it's similar to Jonathan Taylor in that I've seen a little bit, I've seen enough to think he can catch the ball and that he can be productive catching the ball in space. That it was a usage thing, not a skill thing that kept him from catching more passes in college. Zamir was a guy that I went back and forth on and 
And I really like him, and it's just the injuries that are keeping me. And we talked about him on on the Revenge of or the um, the Rise Up See Red podcast, and you know, being comfortable taking him on day two from a from a skill set standpoint, if if those medicals check out. But with his medical concerns, the freak athleteness, all of the all of the super positives with Zamir are just like so. For me, I like I can't. There's there's no way I could rank him over other guys, um, and it's why you know you'll see in a second why a couple guys are rated so low as well. Um, I get that, that. I get the, that, the squeamishness that, about it, but I yeah. I would take him in the third round. I think you're talking about a player with the upside is so high, and you see how often third round picks fail anyway. I, I've kind of swung back from my old injury fear to just saying, if a guy's healthy right now and he's got that kind of explosive potential, I'd spend a third on him. Well, and I, I would agree with you on that. Like, I 100% would agree with you. And I'm willing to bet that Zamir ends up having a better, like, th- you know, two to three year span than some some of these guys that will be ranked higher by both of us whereas like he just may not have that second contract you get what i'm saying like mm-hmm. i almost be, put him over walker i really did he was and, and he was I, close to me honestly if you ranked him as number 2 in this class it would make sense from a skill set standpoint because yeah. outside of Brees hall i don't know if anybody possesses the skill set that zamir white does Two, three, and four were close to me. I, I, I pushed Spiller to two because the youth and more uh, receiving production and, you know, the size. White was almost my number two, but I really – he's he's going to be 23, not old, but older than the other three guys. But I really like him a lot. Who's your four? My number four is Brian Robinson of Alabama. Okay. And so, you know – we talked a lot about a, a bunch of different guys. Robinson reminds me of current Arizona Cardinals running back James Conner. You know, kind of that big, um, can be a physical runner, but I wouldn't say physicality is like the name. Like he's not a he's not a punishing Derrick Henry or or even like a Marion Barber type where they run recklessly like they're judicious about how they're physical but they've got they've got some wiggle in that big body and they've got the ability um to you know be a a true three down back with their pass catching and run or pass blocking abilities i like how you said that and like judicious in their physicality i really like how you described that um let me throw a name out there that came up when I ran Brian Robinson's numbers because um, he's he's one of the biggest, if not the biggest, uh, running back in this class at two hundred at six two two hundred twenty eight pounds. So I get where you are coming up with James Conner, but another name that came up is Rashad Jennings. So what do you think about that? Yeah, and that was a guy that had a great career. He had a um, really good career coming out believe, of Liberty. And I believe he was undrafted, but he ended up having a great seventh career. round pick. But yeah. 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 So, I mean, yeah, I think that's a real fair comp as well. So he came into the league at 24 years old. Robinson's going to be 23, or I believe he turned 23 this month, uh, just actually a few days ago. Happy birthday, Brian Robinson. Uh, but 
you know, never was the the guy at Bama until this year when he came back for his fifth year. Uh, he used that COVID eligibility rule to come back and props to him. Like had a great year. They were national champ runners up and he really was impressive in that playoff run. So, uh, but yeah, Rashad Jennings, you know, that, that might sound like a, a knock on him, but he had in his second year with Jacksonville, he averaged five and a half yards a carry uh, on 85, 84 carries. Um, it's a guy who caught 191 career passes. He had a 700, 33 yard season for the for the Raiders um, over 860 yards for the Giants at age 30 in 2015 so guy who stuck around for uh, seven years in the NFL and Brian Robinson can have that kind of kind of uh, career so I probably think uh, fourth round for him that's that's where I'd settle in he's not in my top five but he just missed he was my running back six. Who's your number five? Well, my number five is I, I went with a, an older guy. I went with uh, Ty Chandler from UNC by way of Tennessee. And he's actually going to turn 24 in May, just after the draft. And not a big guy, 5'11", 204 pounds, but a really good pass catcher. And this is a player who's 4'3", 40 shows up on tape. And he had fantastic Shrine game. And I just think he really – he was better than some of the senior bowl running backs. Like Abram Smith from Baylor. Like why wasn't Ty Chandler there over him? I don't know. Uh, Smith was a linebacker while Chandler was playing running back for four years at Tennessee. So I get it. Chandler's a little bit older, like I mentioned. But when given the chance to be the guy, instead of splitting – carries with Eric Gray like he was at Tennessee. He goes to North Carolina where they had vacated a, the top two running back spots when uh, Javante Williams and Michael Carter went to the NFL. He goes to NC. He rushes for over 1,000 yards. Six yards of carry, 13 touchdowns in 13 games. Only 15 catches but averaged 14 and a half yards a catch. And a guy with 73 career catches. I like Ty Chandler. He's a fourth-round guy for me but like his predecessor Michael Carter who went in the fourth round I think there's a lot of upside there because of the fat the speed the pass catching ability it's he's a little bit bigger too than than Carter was so I know he seems to go down fairly easy okay he's 204 pounds but you got to catch him first and he can fly when he gets in that open field he's a blazer and I didn't think he'd be in my top five running backs, but here he is. I, I mean, I couldn't keep him out. I, I like him better than Robinson. I think he gives you more game-breaking ability. The comp for him is way too lofty if you plug the numbers in, and there's just not a lot of people that comp directly to him at that size with that speed. But think Jamal Charles light, light, okay? I don't want to – I'm not comparing him to – he's not going to have Jamal Charles' career – but remember, uh, Charles was a third-round pick. And if he does, we can edit this so you look like a genius. Yeah, so we'll fine. go back. We'll have Rob come back and clean this up and say that I'm directly comparing him to Jamal Charles. Correct. Uh, my number five was your number two, Isaiah Spiller. The The offseason of Spiller kind of 
scared me in the same way the offseason Matt Corral did. Um, you know, it, it's just one of those situations where I saw how good he can be at Texas A&M. But I worry about the size and speed if it's going to translate in the NFL enough to be a dynamic running back one for an NFL team. Um, I don't think you can take him in inside the top 60. Um, if you do, you better, I mean, you better have an idea of how to use him because the, the red flags are, are now apparent. And so if you take him in the first two rounds, you better know exactly where you're going and how you're going to use him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think this is one of the times where we really disagree on a player because I don't think I wouldn't consider anything that he's done a red flag. Um, I know no, no, four, I six, just, four isn't, isn't I, great, but I just mean the uh, athleticism and, and, you know, that portion of it, like this is a guy that it looked like was relying on athleticism out there. Um, you know, he's a good hard runner. There's nothing, there's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not the physical runner that we've seen with other guys. No, he's, um, he's not, he's more of a vision guy. And, and so, but that's why I like him. And so here's the thing. And, and this is why I, I would rank him where I rank him because he has similar skills and I know Justin doesn't do stylistic comps, but he reminds me when he runs of Arian Foster. And so that wouldn't be a bad metric comp either. I mean, it's a little bit smaller, but another guy who ran slow. Yeah. And so that's, that's where your hope. And obviously Arian was, you know, an all pro. So kind of like the Jamal Charles with, with but he was undrafted too, right? Yeah, with the Michael Chandler thing, you you look at it and you go, this is, you know, this is, a, you know, Arian Foster. Like, I'm not going to say that Isaiah Spiller is going to be a three or four time all pro, you know, but at the same time, you see a guy that that's his pathway to success, somebody like that. So, you know, if he ends up in in San Francisco or in Miami um, with those running schemes, you could see him have that success. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm just more of a believer in his tape. You know, this is one of those those things where, you, I, you know, we always talk about the evaluation is the tape plus the metrics plus the other factors, age, injury. It's all a big piece of the puzzle, and some of us we we all grade things differently. Um, where would you take Spiller? Like, what round would you take him? I think I think if you're a team like Miami in the third round, I could I could see that. I actually like that fit a lot because of who they you know, they they brought in Chase Edmonds. So there's a an opening for a guy like Spiller if you take him in the third round to get that pathway to running back one for that team. So I, I do like that call. Um, I would take him in the third too. So that's the thing. We're, my running back two is a third rounder. Your running back five is a third rounder. So we're not really that far off after all. Um, you got a hot take for us? Yeah. So, you know, we just gave out our running back rankings. So, and, and we're different. Nobody's got the same thing. So uh, 
buddy of ours, Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, dropped his top 10 running back big board. So this was done on March 19th. So this is very up to date. Um, feel free to go check it out at the Draft Network. I won't run down all 10. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Uh, but number one, he still has Isaiah Spiller. I, mean, I, th- I think that's reasonable. I mean, we just talked about it. You know, number two, Kenneth Walker. Um, number three, Brian Robinson. Number four, Rashad White. So, you know, he's along similar lines to me. Uh, number five, Kyron Williams of Notre Dame. Um, and then you go all the way down to number eight before you get to Brees Hall of Iowa State. Um, Serious? Uh, 100% serious. Brees Hall is ranked number eight, um, just ahead of South Dakota State's Pierre Strong Jr., who's your ninth-rated running back from the Draft Network's Kyle Krabs. So, I like I said, uh, Justin didn't know about this. I, I saw this earlier. Um, that's a... Uh, you know what, like Justin and I, we our running back rankings are kind of like outside of Brees Hall being the number one guy. We're kind of all over the place. There's, you know, are there really seven running backs that you can project having a better career than Brees Hall? Did you say Pierre Strong was over Brees Hall? No, he's one below. He's at oh, number okay. nine. Okay. Um. No, this is strange to me. Like, did he give round grades? Uh, his final grade, it wasn't a round grade, but it was 74.5. Mm-hmm. Uh, compare that to uh, Brian Robinson, who's an 82, so about eight points higher. Wow. Uh, yeah, I remember I remember Kyle back in the day when he was NDT scouting before they started the draft network. And uh, again, you know, we he's a... He's a we go back a long way with, with Kyle back to the old draft breakdown days. We were all part of that team. Um, it reminds me of when he had Mike Evans as like a seventh rounder that, that year in 2013. So I'm real surprised. I mean, it's not that big of a difference, but running back eight, I would like to, did they give us some good reasoning there? Uh, no, there's no reasoning. I didn't. It's just, he just posted I, the top ten. We'll have to read yeah, up on this. Yeah, I'm gonna have to read. I didn't want to steal his material. I recommend you go read it so you can find out sure. for for your own reason. Um, you know, I just thought it was a very interesting ranking. Like I said, I I have no problem with anybody ranking, you know, however they want to. But I personally find it hard to see seven running backs being better than Brees Hall coming just into the draft and then when you forecast out which is kind of what we're doing of like who's going to have these these careers um i can't imagine seven guys being better than Brees hall well the interesting thing is i i I think kyle still uses some analytical reasoning i know in when i used to read his old guide he had like a stats section. He had a combine section. So I don't think this is purely based on tape, but it has the feel of a take that's purely based on tape, doesn't it? Like of you just not liking somebody's tape, right? It really does. Yeah. I think that's the best way to put it. That's the feel that I'm getting from this. Like you just don't like Brees Hall's tape 
and that's fine. I mean, you we we talk about whether you watch three or four or five games, and I have a different way of kind of watching things. I, I like to watch guys' highlights and then go in and watch their games. I know that sounds kind of weird, but the reason is sometimes the guy's highlights aren't that good. And then so you don't get if you don't get blown away by somebody's highlights, it's going to be pretty hard for you to find game tape that blows you away, right? It's that's just uh that's just natural, right? Uh that's why I didn't love Rashad Bateman. That's why I don't love some of the guys in this class. And, uh, but maybe the other thing, I think you fall into a trap with something like this, where if you just say like, I've got to watch three games and you watch the, what if you watch the three worst games of the guy's career? How, how do you manage that? Do you go pick, do you look up his game log on sports reference and pick out the three games where he rushed for 200 yards? Or do you go pick out the one where he rushed for 60 yards in week one this year? Remember Hall had two straight games this year to start the season where he had like 60-some yards and averaged like three yards a carry. And he didn't look like he was doing anything. By the end of the year, he looked like he was his old self. Right. Yeah. So it's just – it was an interesting one for me. Very interesting. I, uh, I, I wanted to, you know, also send our, our listeners to that. Maybe, you know, check in and see what why he's so low on a guy like Brees Hall. So they also have a mock draft simulator, so check out their site. Uh we we do uh visit the TDN from time to time. Uh, our our other old buddy from the draft breakdown days, Joe Marino, still kicking it there too. So shout out to those guys. Anything else before we get out of here? Subscribe to our Patreon. It's uh two bucks a month. Got a mock draft coming. And we're going to have rankings coming up soon, deeper than the top five that you're going to hear on these shows. Yep. Thanks, as always, for listening. We'll be back later this week with our Patreon episode. Have a good night, everybody. We need to do an outro at some point. Just something kind of... What I hear in other shows is where they're like, uh, you know... uh, Subscribe and give us a five-star review. Sign up for our Patreon. It's $2 a month for our bonus episodes, $4 a month for all additional content. Something like that. Yeah, we should work on something like that. That could be it right there. A read, yeah. That's it. Exactly.